Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And today we are joined by Emmy-winning TV host, Samantha Harris, who may be best known for her eight seasons as the host of Dancing with the Stars and her many years as a host of shows such as Entertainment Tonight and Extra. From hosting from every major Hollywood award show red carpet to starring on Broadway in the musical Chicago, she's been a fixture in the entertainment world. She's currently the host of the word play game, Tug of Words, on the Game Show Network. But at age 40, this wife and mom received a shocking diagnosis, breast cancer. Rising from that challenge, she became a breast cancer thriver, certified health coach and trainer, and the author of the best-selling book, Your Healthiest Healthy, Eight Easy Ways to Take Control, Help Prevent and Fight Cancer, and Live a Longer, Cleaner, Happier Life. And in today's conversation, Samantha shares her healing journey with us, and we dive into the power of mindset and stress management, movement, nutrition, and reducing toxic burden to live your healthiest healthy. Samantha, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks, Julie, for having me on. I I really love the insight that you share with your listeners, and I'm happy to be part of it. Well, we are so excited (laughs) to have you share your, your story is so impactful and, and pretty much most people that come on, you know, most of us aren't in this realm because we felt healthy and happy <laughs> our whole lives. Right? Very good point. Because <laughs> even all the doctors I interview, you know, had their turning point where they, they needed to go beyond medical school <laughs> training. Sure. Um, So I would love for you, I'm sure most listeners are familiar because you are so amazingly open about your story, but I would love for you to just share your journey of, um, it's not every day I get to interview, you know, TV star. So how come you're talking to me today? (laughs) I love this. This is so fun. It's the, you know, I'm usually the one doing the interviews. So it's really fun to have the tables turned. Uh, you know, so here I was, you know, on the top of my game with Dancing with the Stars and Entertainment Tonight and a stint on Broadway and Good Morning America as a special correspondent. And I was a new mom and my daughters were three and six and life just seemed awesome. I mean, this Minnesota girl who had dreams of being in Hollywood was achieving all these things that I really, I really, really worked hard for for a long time. And I also thought I was super fit and healthy and I was like, quote unquote, the healthy one among my friends. They would make fun of me. My own sister would make fun of me for all of my egg white omelets and cheeseless pizzas and my skinless boneless chicken breasts and all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden, this healthiest among all the friends and family girl got a breast cancer diagnosis. And it wasn't like, hey, here's your breast cancer diagnosis. Uh, It was months of chasing down something I didn't think was there, but wanted to be sure of. So I had a clear mammogram. I was about to turn 40. My dad, I, I lost him to colon cancer when he was 50. Sorry. 
Um, and I just turned 50 and I realized I've got a lot of life to live. Yes. I'm so sad. Almost in some ways, I'm sadder now than I was at 22 when he was taken from me because I realize how young 50 is. I realize how much more life he had. And he was our everything, this magical, amazing, just dynamic personality. And so, but he had, we had lost him. His mom was a breast cancer survivor, lived to 95, okay. postmenopausal. Oh. So no connection to mine because mine was premenopausal. Uh, so she had a very nice long life. But I thought, you know, cancer's in my family. I should set a baseline and get this mammogram thing I keep hearing about. So there I was. I got the mammogram. The results came back clear because I was fit and healthy. And I was, you know, just the rock star on the cover of all these fitness magazines. And so, of course, I was going to have a clear mammogram. As expected. As expected. (laughs) Right. And so I was changing after a workout 11 days after my mammogram. 11 days. And you know, those, those sports bras are tight and you know, you got to move the girls to the left. You got to move the girls to the right. Struggle around a little bit, get them back to like life, breathe the life back into them. And I'm feeling around, I'm not doing a clinical breast exam on myself. I'm just moving the girls around just and living. all of a sudden, yeah, I'm just living, you know, like after breastfeeding, you know, two kids, I was not afraid to touch my own body. So um, here I was manhandling my breasts and, uh, and I found this lump and I thought that's so weird. I just had a clear mammogram. Why is there a lump here? I'm sure it's no big deal. I had a clear mammogram, but you know what? I, I could have stuck my head in the sand, but mm-hmm. I didn't. Thank goodness. Yeah. I called my OBGYN. She was always my most trusted doctor. She was very no nonsense, non-alarmist. She was the doctor, not my primary care. She was the doctor I called when I needed a referral, a referral to some other type of doctor. Trusted her. I trusted her. She delivered both my kids, right? She knew me before I'd ever had sex. And then she knew me after I finally had sex for the first time. She's like, it's about time. You're in mid 20. Um, anyway, is that TMI? I'm really, I'm, I told you I'm an open. No, book. I love it because <laughs> yes, <laughs> I actually think it, it should be like a tagline. I have a daughter. You have daughters. I think we need to have conversations that, that there are healthy choices of waiting to have sex too. Like the, the things have oh, changed. Gosh, I think. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, at least there's the HPV vaccine right now, you know, for kids, but then, you know, so cervical cancer is less of a worry, but um, you know, I'm grateful. I, anyway, has that's a whole topic. <laughs> <laughs> a topic for another time in terms of w- yeah, that's another. We'll come back. We'll talk all yeah, about it. <laughs> exactly. We'll talk all about having sex um, when you're older and not when you're a teenager. And how great it can be. Yeah, exactly. You just know your anyway. So anyway, so I went to see this this OBGYN. She told me after a quick feel, the lump is nothing. Sent me on my way. A month later, lump's still there. Saw my internist. Said to my internist, check this out. He did a clinical exam. Said it was nothing. So four months had passed. The lump was still there. It was just gnawing on me that this it, it wasn't painful, but it was there. So I had this nagging inner voice and this inner voice. Now it was quiet and whispering before. That's why I went to see the other doctors. Now it's shouting at me. It's saying, yeah. Samantha, if you're going to live with this, quote, nothing lump for the rest of your life, don't you think you might want to know what's inside instead of just feeling it? Like, how do they, how do they know? Are they that on? They have these superpower right. 
hand that can feel and raise. That would be awesome. Could we please implant That'd in the great. of our doctors some sort of chip that they could just feel from the outside? They know what was happening on the inside. No diagnostics necessary. But um, you know your body, right? Like you knew this didn't used to be there and now it's there and it doesn't belong there. So what is it? Exactly. And that's when I said, okay, I need to see a doctor who looks at breasts every day as a specialty. I didn't realize when I was seeking that type of doctor out that the only doctor that does that is an oncologist who specializes in breast cancer. But there I was now finally with this oncologist. She also, she's like, Samantha, you're not crazy. There is, I do see, I feel something. I see something on the ultrasound. I don't think it's cancer, but let's do a needle biopsy. Let's do an MRI. Julie, when I tell you, not one diagnostic test showed it was cancer. Yep. And I've heard this story now being a, you know, 2014 was when I was diagnosed. So I've now had many years of speaking to other survivors and I hear this story all the time. So how did I then get diagnosed with breast cancer? Well, this oncologist said, you know, good news, bad news, it's not cancer but I don't know what it is. So let's take it out. So I had a lumpectomy, took it out, (laughs) woke up from that surgery, still told rough sections of that pathology in the room. So it's not cancer. Good news. So a week later, when I went back for my final pathology results, I told my husband, babe, you don't need to, it was a gorgeous day. He loves to golf, honey, no guilt go golf. You don't yeah. have to hang out I'm with fine. Me. They've already told me I'm fine. This is this formality. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then I sat by myself I'm as supported. I learned ductal carcinoma in situ and then the word invasive. And then I, it was just this barrage of cancer information that I did not expect. And it was in that moment that my cancer journey began It was in that moment that I had to pivot everything in my life in ways I didn't intend to, plan to, or see coming. Um, But I also, after about three weeks of being so crushed under the weight and anxiety and overwhelm and hysteria of a diagnosis, having lost my dad to cancer, having really, I mean, I at least got to graduate college because my parents were in their early twenties when they had my sister and me. So I got to grow up with my dad. Right. And girls were these babies. Yeah. babies. I mean, so the worry and the scared feelings I had, Oh, Julia, it just, it felt so awful. And I, I just knew, well, I didn't know. I had to come to a realization that I couldn't keep feeling that way. Right. Because I didn't know how much longer this journey was going to take. Was it going to be the rest of my possibly short life? Was it going to be a long journey? Uh, What was to come? What kind of treatments? What kind of surgeries? So I, after three weeks of seeing every doctor known to man with second and third opinions with my, by the way, my husband at every single appointment. He He was so crushed. More golf for you this year. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. uh, he, he was there and we got all these different opinions and, you know, I realized I needed to shift my perspective. And I think that was the first step in where I thought I was living a healthy life. I realized I needed to become my healthiest healthy. And one, the first step of that was realizing we have to 
be able to shift our perspective and turn negative self-talk and overwhelm into positive self-talk. I didn't know, by the way, these, those words were nothing. Right. I didn't know what those words meant. I, I also, <laughs> when I found your book that didn't out, just pop right out of you in that moment. <laughs> it did not. I did not realize that those were words that I didn't even come up with that were out there, but I somehow figured, but I, I said to myself, I can't feel like this. I have to turn my perspective around. And I started to have that positive self-talk and I said, okay, what in the situation of a cancer diagnosis is good. And I started to look at things and this is where your listeners no matter what is coming at them, what is being pelted from left and right, if it's a career, a relationship, a health issue, a disappointment, a death, a loss, when we can flip our perspective, and it is really hard sometimes to find the good and the positive. And I'm not saying put on rose-colored glasses and look at everything as rainbows and unicorns, but <laughs> where is the gratitude? Where is the gratefulness? that we can tap into. So I tapped into, okay, I mean, otherwise I am in really good shape and health. Right. That's right. going to mitigate any complications in surgery. It's going to get me back on my feet faster to recover after surgery. It's going to, as long as I keep up with my exercise and all the other shifts that I eventually end up doing, um, it's going to help reduce chance of recurrence. Maybe sure. all the things I was doing, even though I revamped a, most of them, and added a lot of new good elements to live my healthiest, healthy life, the things I was doing to be the one that my friends could make fun of, maybe help that cancer grow a lot slow, more slowly sure. than it would have. Yeah. So when I started to think that way, it was a game changer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love, I love that. And I love that you're, you started your journey that way. When I was first coaching for the first few years, like mindset was always included and important. And then finally I woke up one day and I was like, oh my God, you're doing it wrong. You have to start there. And then everything else becomes easier and exponential. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh no, you know, I, I should, you know, call my clients from seven years ago. <laughs> like, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, we did work on stuff, but it's like now it's like, no, we're front loading that. And so I love that you just into, again, intuitively, right? Your intuition right. told you get this lump checked. Your intuition told you, wait a minute. I can't stay in this stuck, anxious, sad, scared place. Right. I need to shift. Even if it wasn't conscious, like you just knew, luckily that wasn't your comfort zone. Right. 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 Like, and, and the fact that you, you know, the mindfulness is also something I didn't even know was a term or existed, right. or I didn't understand the importance of it or the depth with which we should be mindful. And there are plenty of times, even this far out in my new healthiest, healthy life that I have to remind myself consciously to be mindful or remind myself when something is happening um, that is scary. I mean, I was back in the doctor's office and having MRIs and ultrasounds in the last few months because I found lumps, one little lump in the same location as my initial cancer. And of course, that's your mind goes to, oh my God, it's back. And by the way, right. guys, I've very confident that I am absolutely healthy. There is no more cancer, but our breasts like to create lumps and right. there are fatty deposits that start to accumulate. But I thought, oh gosh, I went off my hormone blocker after seven and a half years. Maybe I went off too early. What? Right. So our mind yeah. starts. To, so all of a sudden the anxiety engine starts going again. And I talk about this in my book and about how you have to throw a wrench 
in the anxiety engine to stop that downward spiral that happens so fast and wants to suck you down with all its might. It is amazing. I had this conversation this morning that it's like just across the board, humans tend to lower their stress management routine when they're extra stressed. (laughs) There's a trick. It's that anxiety loop that all of a sudden we're not doing our breathing. We're not being mindful. We're not whatever our tools are that work for us day to day when we need to up level. And so that's such a great reminder. It does we're, I don't know about you. I actually do know about you. We're never done, right? Like what right. healthy is today isn't going to be 10 years from now what your routine right. looks like. Right. We're always shifting and growing, God willing. As we should be. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, but I love that you shared that because we're, none of us are perfect. Nobody has well, this down. I think too, something that's important to point out scientifically, we know from research that we as humans are actually wired to go to the negative. We are wired to get pulled in so easily. We, it's, it's kind of like we say when we're in the middle of a stressful environment or we're sad, if we just choose to smile, because our face wants to dip down. We want to go into that frown. We want to go into that hole. We want to curl up with the bonbons on the bed. But if you literally just make yourself physically turn the cheeks up and smile, your mood starts to lift. If we make ourselves, our body wants to preserve energy. So it doesn't want to get up and move. It wants to just sit on the couch. And when you are exhausted after a long day of work, and the last thing you could possibly think to want to do is to go for a walk around your neighborhood. This happened last night. My dog had been, I'd been on back-to-back Zooms all day. My dog had been curled up because it's for I mean it's LA it's not cold but it was like 37 when we woke up the, woke up from the cold for LA cold for LA <laughs> so our dog and he's a golden doodle he's got a lot of fur he was chilly he's curled up like a cute little ball all day long so I come home after I all my zooms back to back while he was curled up then I had to run and do carpool for the kids I get back home it's dusk and I see that my dog has been in the house all day. And I said, you know what? We're going to, I did not want to, I wanted to come in. It was cold. I wanted to come in. I said, yeah, we're going to go for a walk and we're just going to walk down the block. But I chose to put my tennis shoes on and take off my comfy slides, my little Ugg slides. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, there is a chance. Just in case. <laughs> there's a chance that this walk down the block goes longer. We walked for 50 minutes. <laughs> I love it. I <laughs> it love it. It was when we came back. But, you know, and it wasn't a power walk. It was a stroll. We did maybe two and a half miles in 50 minutes. It's very slow. I did answer a lot of DMs on my on my Instagram, I will be honest. But we moved. So our body is wired to the negative. Our body is wired to not want to move. But it lifts our mood when we move. It makes us happier, more productive. The brain fog goes away. We sleep better. We make better choices with our eating. So in guiding others to become their healthiest healthy. That's why the book is called Your Healthiest Healthy, right? right. It's not a diatribe. It's not getting on a soapbox like a lot of the, I feel like the gurus who I've read and I love kind of say this is the one way to do it. But as you and I were talking off air before yes. we started recording, we are all such bio-individuals. And I went back to school after my all my television career, I after my cancer battle, I went back to school. I became a certified health coach. I've actually been a certified trainer for years. I used to teach group fitness while I was juggling three jobs to play my rent while I was pounding the pavement auditioning in LA. And um, I, and I've kept up my certification. And so, but my the point is that we are all 
so different and we have to figure out what works well for each of us. There are some through lines. Universals. That, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you said, like no one really wants to have gluten. 70% of people are actually lactose intolerant. So those are two areas of food that could be reduced for most people. And everybody Every- should get up and move whatever that looks like for you. Sitting on the couch all day eating bonbons is never yeah. anybody's ideal healthy plan. <laughs> so. Right. Exactly. It yeah. feels great. I mean, I would love to just, you know, Netflix and binge all the time. But man, you know what? I'd probably be a miserable. No, you wouldn't. You would, you would be so stressed out. <laughs> okay. You, you do know me, Julie. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I, uh, so it's, it's interesting the changes that we, um, we also can have the power to change in ways we don't necessarily realize, you know, I, like I said, I thought I was eating right. I was, I was exercising regularly and in, at entertainment tonight, you know, I had a very busy TV schedule and uh, we only had about an hour of a break in the middle of the day when we would shoot sometimes from 4.30, 5 a.m., and we'd shoot all morning. And then there was this little break while we would feed the, the show up to the satellite. And literally, that was the only time no one could get me to do anything because there was nothing to do because it was feeding. Right. And after it was done feeding, we would do reshoots because, you know, of course, some celebrity updated their story. or We had to make a, you know, a tweak on something. So we'd reshoot things before the evening satellite feed that would go out to the rest of the country because it was a syndicated show. And so on that hour break, I would do the stairs in the parking garage. I would do yoga in my dressing room. I would walk the, the studio lot. I would do something to move. So I was always moving my body. But the, but the reasons I was moving my body, right? You talked Different. about mindset. Yeah, very, very different, right? It was extrinsic. It was all about how do I look standing next to my Dancing with the Stars pro dancers with these amazing sculpted bodies? How do I look while I'm on the red carpet in a gown? Um, the answer is stunning to all of them. <laughs> but you, you bring up, actually, I, I want to circle back because we, we veered off before you finished that kind of, yeah, beginning, I veer, part of I never veer, the, the beginning part of your journey, right? It oh. didn't just end with a cancer diagnosis. Right. It did not end right. Right. <laughs> it did not end with a cancer diagnosis. And then overnight, everything became my healthiest healthy. No, it was definitely a journey. So you, you went oh, through, I had three, yeah, I, so I had three surgeries in 2014. Um, the last two surgeries, which were a double mastectomy and a second stage reconstruction surgery required three weeks of being in bed, uh, where I could only get up for 20 minutes every two hours. Um, that was per my surgeon's orders. Um, and so for someone who is a full of energy, go, 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 get your exercise in, run circles around my husband, my kids, you know, and, and they were little. So if I could run circles around a three-year-old, you know, I had a lot of energy. So that was psychologically incredibly challenging. It had to be. I mean, here you just were talking about, look, you make your living in front of the camera, looking stunning, being fantastic. And then all of a sudden, huge body change. Huge body change, huge, huge mindset change, huge range of motion change. I mean, after breast surgery, you know, you, I mean, I had, I had 11 lymph nodes out from my right armpit. So I had, you know, zero started with zero range of motion. Um, and so it took months of PT and getting my full, I mean, I'm so grateful. I can 
you know, do yoga and reach high up to the sky now. Yeah. Now, now I just have to deal with the rest of my body starting to break down where I have like now a degenerative, actually a disc that's practically not there in my back anymore. So fun stuff like that. But I'm happy to be at 50 and I will take these all in stride and figure out how to move around them, you know? Yeah, I get it. I didn't think I would live to see 50. My dad had passed at 54. And so... Same, you know, similar history with the, we look, the kids are great motivators and the, the dogs are great yeah. motivators for yes. different reasons. And, and we know how precious life is, right. And what we want to be here for fully, not just, you know, rotting in a chair, but like actually living. Right. I mean, yeah. I know every time I, I interview Dan Butner, who um, is known for the blue zones, if anyone's heard of the blue zones, right, it's the five areas. Well, now they're more because he's extended uh, other areas of the world that are the most uh, longest lived people. And what we, you know, what I love about the blue zones is that these people who are living past a hundred, they're not just, it's not about lifespan. It's about health span. And the right. they lived to age a hundred plus able-bodied, sound of mind, right. they're still hoeing in the fields and they're getting oh, yeah. groceries from the market up 20,000 steps to the top of Sardinia's, you know, peaks and gathering and with family you. and community. And yeah. And I think what you're, what you're speaking to Julie is that we want to, and I'm sure your listeners are, they're listening, not just because many of them are dealing with autoimmune disorders and um, other health issues and learning how to get the toxicity out of their body to live longer, but that our goal, I think, anyone who's listening to things we talk about, sure, they all are on the same game plan. Like, let's get to that hundred and be that one who's like running, you know, running down the street on that morning job. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So obviously total reframe, right? Because you started your journey and I keep coming back to, because to me, it is the most important you know, all I do and all you do is help people take their power back, right? We all grew up in a way where we gave our power over to the all-knowing doctors. I love doctors. The love of my life is a doctor. I'm, you know, nobody becomes a doctor, you know, for bad reasons. Right. <laughs> um, it's just, and if I need surgery, I'm going to a Western trained doctor. Yeah. Hands yeah. down, question. Like, yes. I'm not getting acupuncture if I need emergency <laughs> right. surgery. Yeah. Very grateful <laughs> you know? for my surgeons. Very yes, great. yes. But when it comes to chronic health conditions, lifestyle conditions, cancer, autoimmunity, dementia, fill, diabetes, I mean, fill in the blank, like and Andy, and all the things that are, the numbers are exponential now, you know. Yes. The, we have other options and, and you're a, to me, like you're the most beautiful message is, you know, be your own advocate. You knew your body. And even if it was a soft voice, like you heard the voice of like, Hmm, well then what is it? You know, why is it here? And so it, if you hadn't listened, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation today. Which is what's so Chances scary. It is. I don't know if it was the journalist in me who just asks why, why different questions. My poor husband. He, you know, I mean, I he he'll ask the simplest question or want <laughs> to tell twenty, 20 minutes later. Right? Yes, and I'm still asking questions, and I'm interrupting all the time because I'm afraid I'm going to forget my question, which is why we have gone a lot of left turns uh -huh. here. Well, that's um, that's. But that's see, that's what functional medicine asks the question: Why? Right? Like, yes, okay, get the cancer out of your body. But then I'm guessing your oncologist didn't sit you down and say, 
hey, Samantha, why do you think you got cancer? No, not at all. No, right. and, you know, and I mean, specifically, I remember asking my oncologist point blank. To, so I keep hearing, does sugar feed cancer? Do, so does it? And my oncologist looking me just straight absolutely not. Don't worry about that. It has nothing to do with it. And studies have not been, you know, strong enough to talk about that. So it's, and this, by the way, I mean, this is the man who wrote the forward to my book. He's incredible. He is right. the father of Herceptin, which has been a life changer for many her two negative patients. Um, he is a clinical, I mean, he's in clinic, all he's amazing, but the, the challenge is the nutrition portion of any, as I'm sure your husband has shared, you know, shared with you, yeah. any doctor in Western medicine, right? Oh. Nutrition is, I think they get a week, if that. You know, oh, maybe. I think it's like three oh, hours or a day. Like, I don't even think it's a week. Yeah. And if it's, if it's what I, you know, if it's at least what it used to be, it's all backwards and wrong. And, you know, it's. Right. And a lot of nutrition science. I mean, we think about trying, nutrition science is changing so rapidly, literally yes. what you learned last week could be completely different from what comes out next week, which is why there's so much confusion, right? What should, you, know, you mentioned off camera that you've done the keto thing. And then the people I know who were had breast cancer had done macrobiotic. And then there've been people who've done, you know, there's so many different schools of thought on nutrition. And so it, it's, it's paralyzing to think, well, what should I do? I, I okay, I'm just not going to make any changes because I'm getting too much conflicting information. So, um, I the reason I dove in head first into research after my diagnosis was because I learned that of the one in eight women who will be diagnosed with invasive breast cancer in her lifetime, only five to ten percent are genetic. And when I learned that mine, despite my dad and his mom's cancers, Mine was not genetic. And I've had even a follow-up panel with 180 different genetic right. tests. Right, they are keep identifying more genes right. and So is it possible, maybe, in another 40 years, that there'll be some random little gene? But there are 180. But even if you had the gene, you, yeah. had, to you had to turn it on. And that's that, I think, is one of the most powerful things. Honestly, this research finding for me was the aha moment in my very stolen control of my life and health that cancer gave to me, I got to take control back because yes. I realized in that moment, in that discovery, hold on a second. Even if my, even if my genes are saying one thing and granted, if I were BRCA positive and I had a 70 or 80% chance I'm of, of a cervical cancer or breast cancer, I'm sure that I would probably undergo prophylactic surgery because that's a sure. very big percentage of risk. However, for the majority of others and the 85 to 90% of breast cancers that are not genetic, what can we do? How can we take back our power? And what other genes are there for dementia, Alzheimer's, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, um, certain autoimmune disorders that are happening somewhere dormant in my body Right. that I can choose my lifestyle changes to turn on or keep off? So I wanted to keep things off as right. long as possible. So that's why I started to systematically, but in a very slow, small, manageable step way, which Good. is your healthiest healthy is really about. It's not, it says it doesn't matter if you want to be keto or vegan or this or that. It does. Everyone needs to move their bodies. Everyone mm -hmm. needs to manage stress. Everyone needs to have a plant-based foundation. Yes. And then you figure out, okay, what, how am I choosing to eat? 
Um, and then what works for your body. I mean, I recently, because my iron is so low and I have the MTHFR gene that a lot of people have. So my homocysteine levels, which brings with it a lot of scary risk Mm -hmm. is always elevated, no matter how much B12 and folate I take. And so I literally just had a conversation yesterday with a functional medicine doc who is um, Dr. Will Cole. Do you know him? Oh yeah, I know Will. Gwyneth Gwyneth Paltrow's guru and functional doc. Um, I was on his podcast and and when we got off, I said, I'm so sorry to do this to you, (laughs) but I just have to ask, I'm sure everyone does this when the camera goes off. I just said, what do I do? What do you think I should do? Add trimethylglycine. Did he say add TMG? No, okay. (laughs) He said said maybe add some, um, uh, some creatine. And he said, and you know, you might need a high quality, just a small serving once or twice a week, two or maybe two or three times a week. You might need a small serving of organ meat or like, like now, I mean, I grew up in Minnesota eating. You can get, you can get grass fed, you know, capsules. (laughs) I said, I did, I did get um, like a a beef stick that's grass fed and, and he recommends for some of his patients and some other people did as well. So I got it not for me, but for my daughter who loves hamburgers and it drives me crazy because she, Originally, we said you can have it once or twice a month as long as it's grass-fed. That's out the window. She's grabbing it anywhere she can get it. Doesn't matter if it's literally mystery meat. She yeah. So it. give her the good meat so she'll yeah, stop. She that. Eat it. She goes, just wait. Ew! I'm not going to eat meat that's in a stick. And I go, seriously. Anyway, so but I have it in the house now, and now I'm like, huh. I wonder if I can. I wonder even- what my body's telling me. I saw me. I, but I, I, because I am so plant based and I have this fear because of all my research of like, okay, more animal meat can potentially lead to more higher cancer risk. But there's a lot of. But you're a researcher. Dig deeper in that research because that animal meat is not grass fed, pastured, happy animal meat. Right. And that's what I, that, exactly. And that's Those why. studies. Yeah. I think if I'm having it a couple times a week, maybe. Yeah. Right. So, so again, here's someone who now for 10 years has been plant-based, whole foods, a little bit of fish, maybe poultry a couple times a month, if that, if it's organic and if I can get it pasture raised. Haven't touched red meat since I moved out to LA, even though I ate everything, including tongue back in Minnesota in the day and liver, although I didn't want to eat the liver. My mom made me eat the liver. <laughs> Um, oh, now apparently organ meat is good for you as long as it's probably Isn't it funny? I know it is the most nutrient dense food you right. can get. <laughs> right. so I'm like, oh, like, how do I down this now? It just tastes like blood to me. So I'm like, I don't know if I can handle it. But anyway, so it's interesting. We have to know that listening to our body, if we have the means to be able to get proper testing, there's so much, um, I know functional doctors can be so exorbitantly expensive because insurance doesn't take it. But there's so many wonderful direct-to-consumer ways to also me, begin to manage, you know, whether it's a constant glucose monitor or it's um, a test. There's a, you know, a company that tests your glucose, your triglycerides, and your microbiome, and they have an app that follows you, and that's out of England, and it's available in the U.S. that, I, that I've tried a few times. You know, they're the ones that tell you what you're your uh, your biological versus chronological ages, right? There's right. all these different things, the sleep trackers, different ways that we can start to biohack and and get to know what's happening in our body right. so that we can take that action later. Yeah. And it, it does help you so many of us. I am definitely in this boat, especially when I was at my sickest. We get disconnected with those signals that probably saved your life, right? We we don't hear, we're not listening. All of our symptoms, all of the things we think of as aging, it's our body telling us information. And so, you know, intuitive eating is a thing, like paying attention. 
and really listening, but like starting with like, what are you actually eating? Because a lot of people have, fool, you know, we're good at fooling ourselves and we think, oh no, I eat all like whole real foods. And it's like, you know, no, that's not food. I wouldn't eat that. <laughs> and that's why I think when I work, I only work with a handful of private clients um, at a time. But when I do, I always have them food journal, but not just write down because I think you're always amazed when you have, when you know you have to write it down, you can also do it on a phone app or something. Um, and you don't have to be working with a private coach to be able to do that. But if you just journal for, even if it's not an entire week or two, if they say it's three or four days of the weekday and one day on the weekend, you'll be amazed at what you're consuming that you may not realize you're consuming. Right. Even if it's not like I'm making my kid's meal and I'm eating some mac and cheese from there that I didn't realize. Right. It counts. I used to joke, you know, if you eat it standing up, it doesn't, it all counts. If it's on right. your kid's plate, if you're eating standing up, it all counts. Exactly. Exactly. Well, <laughs> and the other thing I also encourage my, the, my private clients to do is to write down when you're journaling, write down how you felt before you chose to eat that. Maybe why, like physically how you felt. And also, why? What was Here's your, that question again. Why? Why? Why, why, why are you going to eat that right now? Right. What's your reasoning? And it might be as simple as, you know what? Because I freaking really want an ice cream cone right now. Right. Just, I, you know. But I would ask why again, because are you, you know, are you tired? Are you stressed? Are you like. You're right. Good. Right. <laughs> Did, well, and that's that thing, that follow up of why. Always just right. keep why. And it might be 10 layers down of asking the why. Oh, your husband know. loves these conversations. <laughs> and then also, how are you feeling 30 minutes, two hours after the meal? Are you feeling bloated? Are you feeling descended? Are you feeling brain fog? Are you feeling lethargic? Are you feeling awesome? Are you feeling happy? You know, right. where are you there? Because I think that also makes a difference. Um, sure. I know too, um, I'm going to just jump subjects for a second because I want to make sure we talk about, because we mentioned toxicity. I, thank you. I was like, I'm going to, right after this, because we have to get it in Absolutely. because it's it's huge. It's, we can't. And a big part of turning on or leaving off those those certain signals in our body that lead to certain diseases. So let's talk about it. Let's where, you know, um, and people think, <laughs> well, I'm not, you know, flat on my back, sick in bed. So I'm not, I don't, I'm not toxic. I don't have, I don't have to worry about it. The levels of toxicity in our body that are undetectable are usually pretty high. And where, the, where is that toxicity coming from? It can be coming from such a myriad of places, right? It can be coming from toxic relationships. And that doesn't mean like you're in an abusive, mentally or physically abusive <laughs> relationship. It could literally mean it's that mom you see at school pickup who every time you talk to her, your shoulders are up at your ears because you're so stressed out by that woman and you have to have some boundaries. It, you know, so there's relationships that build on that toxicity. It's, you know, look, most of us are not going to move from wherever we're living because of the air we're breathing. I live, come on, I live in the valley of LA that's covered in smog half the time. I'm not leaving LA anytime soon. So what can I do to mitigate that? Right. Um, what are the toxins that are in, you know, are you drinking water out of plastic bottles? I mean, I just saw on the news here in LA, this latest study that came out about the micro um, plastics in our in our water bottles that they finally have a microscope that could see truly how many micro plastics, plastics are, in are in there. Yeah. And, and then there's, you know, we think about what people will say all the time. Oh, it's BPA free. I'm like, yeah, but it has 800 other toxic chemicals in it. But the public knows BPA now, right? Like so, 
We're, I say the same thing about paraben, right? So people yes. are like, oh, we know parabens can be carcinogenic or endocrine disruptors. I'll make sure that it says paraben free on whatever I'm buying. Or I'll make sure that lotion I'm buying for my body says organic. Guess what? Those are BS terms in marketing. Or natural. Like, or natural. natural. I don't want it in my lipstick. Like, right. it's, yeah. So let's talk about that because we already touched on, you know, this importance of mindset. Yes. And whenever we start to have a conversation about toxins and health, it can seem like total Debbie Downer doom and gloom. <laughs> Air, water, food, you know, you name Just it. Just don't ever leave your house again. Exactly. <laughs> Except your house is toxic and oh, your right. indoor air is worse than your outdoor air. So. So, you know, what's in your mattress? And you know, I mean, I, that's one place. Furniture is one place. I have, and my clothing. I have not, because I keep seeing these things that pop up about like my Lululemon. I'm like, oh, oh my, my gosh, I know. Don't it's, tell it's me my so... workout so uh, it has taken me a while, and I think we kind of probably all go through this phase of we, we always aim for perfectionism as we learn. And then we realize I can take my power back without living in a cave, right? Or without locking, you know, cleaning up my house and then locking myself in it for the rest of my life. There is no bubble option. There is no so bubble option. Once we redo, we all have a different tipping point. You mentioned MTHFR, right? There, there's specific certain genetic predispositions to being bad detoxers. I am a collector, literally like any, anything <laughs> that's bad for me that comes in contact with me, my body's like, yeah, let's hold on to that as long as we can. So everybody has a different tipping point or, you know, you may feel amazing. I still guarantee you have a load of toxins in there. So how do you, so my approach is we reduce the burden and control what we can, make your home your haven, and what's going in on and around your body. And I know we're aligned in that as far as, but where do you, where do you start? And you travel and you're out and about all the time. So right. how, how do you do that and stay positive? It can be crushingly overwhelming, which is why, like you said, we have to take our power back, especially the more we go along this healthy, clean, living you know, straight line, the more we know, I mean, it's why my kids probably honestly hate me. Oh, I get it. But wait until they're even older and it becomes so satisfying. Like when they're like, oh, I read that label and I could never eat that now. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh, thank it you. Give me it happens. Mine are in their 20s. It, does, oh. it happens eventually. Yeah, at 13 and 16, it's all about no. Starbucks. And I'm like, oh. I just don't even, I, I can't, I can't even. I Anyway, so. Um, but they do filter their water at Starbucks at least. <laughs> yeah, well, that's there. good. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. So we'll forget that that their chai latte has 56 grams or 60 uh -huh. And corn syrup and yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. We, we won't go um, So beyond that. Uh, so, so here's the thing, as you start to go along this path and you get that feeling of overwhelm, mm -hmm. I want to encourage you to take your listeners to take a breath and know that any step forward is going to be beneficial, is going to help to reduce the chances of all these horrible things we've been talking about. <laughs> and also to know that it's not a 180 and it can't help happen overnight. Right. It has to be about small, manageable steps for sustainable change. You sound like it a coach. About, <laughs> it's about the consistency. So if it's like anyone who goes on a crash diet, right? We always know yeah. they rebound, yo-yo back. Totally. And they gain all the weight. 
you want to make these sustainable changes last forever. So like, I wouldn't even think twice now to not take the stairs. If I know I only have to go up a flight and the stairways right there, I would not think twice about, am I going to exercise this week? No, I know I'm going to exercise. It's just a matter of which exercises will I do. And actually even that is pretty much locked in. And every so often I change it up. Just, I am always changing it up by the way, keep your body guessing, keep your mind engaged, prevent overuse injury. So change up what you're doing for your workouts every week. Um, when it comes to all the things that you're changing though, whether it's like you said, in and on and around your body. So the people around you, the chemicals like cleaning supplies around you, on your body, your makeup, your skincare, your hair products, in your body, your food, your supplements. As you're beginning to make those changes, if you can aim for an 80-20 rule, and hey, if eventually you get to a 90-10 rule, amazing. But even if you stay at 80-20 or you're at 60-40, but you were at 50-50 before, you're making that progress. And each of us, as we mentioned, are bio individuals. So for me, I still color my hair. I was just going to ask, come on, do you have any non-negotiables, right? See, look there, I, I'm leaning forward to show you my, <laughs> my but, but here's what I do. I mitigate. So as much as I, I mean, my kids will be like, mom, could you please go color your hair? You are so gray. Oh, yeah. You're horrifying. Oh, I'm horrifying. <laughs> How embarrassing, right? That's your Jeez. job. Um, embarrass the kids. <laughs> it is my job. Um, but what I do is I go as long as possible between salon visits. I have a formaldehyde free and free of a couple of the other most harmful chemicals yeah. uh, that I get from like Whole Foods that I do at home to uh, just cover the grays a little bit and lengthen the time between salon visits. Does it look as good as it does when I go to the salon? No, of course not. I don't have any highlights. It's one step color. I pop it onto my, you know, my part and I yeah. sit for 20 minutes and whatever. Right. But there are ways to also mitigate that. Um, so there are, you know, I still have ice cream from the local shop down the street because it's fun to go out for ice cream night right. with kids, right? Yeah. I love sushi. I know my mercury. And I'm again, we talk about what our bodies do. My body does it holds on to those toxins. It does not want to get rid of that mercury. So when I test my mercury every quarter, it's usually a little high. Well, even if I only have sushi once a week. So what do I do? Well, I infrared sauna to get the toxins out. Sometimes I'll do a charcoal binder or something else with the sauna. I obviously exercise to sweat and get the toxins out. So there are other things I do to try to mitigate that a little bit. Have so we some, have out. some chlorella when you have your sushi. Oh, you know, I just started. <laughs> There's a, and I have no no con connection to this company, but I want to interview. Actually, I'm going to be interviewing the uh, owner of it, um, Energy Bits. Yeah, is, love them. Yeah. Okay, so I just finally yes. discovered them. So they're chlorella <laughs> and they're spirulina yep. and they're little tablets. And they're and I love it. They said these are not supplements. These are actually just food that's been compressed down into little tablets. So you can yep. chew them. They're not tasty, but you could chew them. You, you can, can swallow you them. can you can form a fondness for them. <laughs> yeah, that's I throw them into my smoothies. Smart. Um, you know, so yep. it's just easy to have adding another again, just leveling up. Um, if anyone who's listening wants to, because again, I, I spent my life of a career on TV in a makeup chair Yes, with hair and makeup that could last 12 hours under hot lights without moving, a, you know, an inch. And so my last show that I shot, it's a, a it's still on TV. It airs every weekday on game show network. It's called tug of words. It's a fun, if you like wordle or game, you know, fast yep. 
cliche. So tug of words. But when we shot tug of words, it, we shot 65 episodes in three weeks, six shows a day. Wow. Fast, furious, 12 hours a day. My hair and makeup girls are really good friends of mine. And I said, you girls, we're going to go into this show. I don't want anything that doesn't pass the Samantha test for ingredients for my hair and makeup. Do you think we could, do you think, like I challenge them because they're used to working. Sure. Um, they have their products know. and those are not. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, every big brand. Sure. I mean, pretty much is toxic. <laughs> right. And so, you know, all the big conglomerates. Now they're starting to buy up the small mom and pop shops that are clean because they're realizing, thankfully, with our consumer dollars, we can demand we need clean products and not green washed or pink washed. Right. Yes. We want the real stuff that's free from the over, you know, from all the chemicals that are banned in Europe, the 1400. Let's just start would, there. Like that would be. We just go know. to, maybe we'll charter a plane. We'll just go to Europe and we'll just shop at this shop there. Yeah. Then that'd be <laughs> nice. So instead, right, we can, um, so I have, I, so basically what I did is I vetted, we had a ton of different brands that we either bought or had sent to us at the show. Okay. Hair and makeup. And we tried so many different brands. So I put together a list of the brands that I, I liked the most, but that worked and lasted because it doesn't matter if you're shooting a TV show for 12 hour days or you're getting ready early in the morning, going to work, going right. to a dinner or a school function, we all need stuff that works and lasts and that we enjoy and we enjoy putting on our bodies. That's part of the fun of beauty, right? right. So if anyone wants my vetted list, everybody wants it. Email. I'm telling you right now, everybody oh, wants it. I put together a little PDF. Um, you guys, I'm on Instagram and Facebook the most actively, Samantha Harris TV, like television. So Samantha Harris TV, just send me a DM that just says clean beauty and I will send it to you because I love sharing it. I think it's so important to be it's, able to just know. It's so helpful um, to have to, you know, you curated this amazing, because that's an upper level. You know, I, I like to help people, you know, give them areas of like, okay, you know, you could use EWG, you can use the, you know, all, yes, all there are, awesome. you know, there are more and more, um, not that none of them are perfect. Products change is another problem. You buy a clean product and they all of a sudden they've changed the ingredients again. So we have to, we have to take our, but to have a list like that, oh my gosh, what an amazing gift. Yes. For and people. I actually, I even put on it some of my favorite cleaning supplies that are clean. I mean, we can all DIY cleaning, like distilled white vinegar and baking soda are awesome and they clean a lot of great things. But if you don't feel like DIYing it, I have you know a list of some clean cleaning products, as well as anti-aging skincare that's EWG verified and really clean and but also has the clinical trials and all the science behind it. Because I also want the proof. I want to know right. that especially if you're using something like that's anti, I mean, makeup, there's no, we don't need clinical trials. Right. Need clinical trials. <laughs> um, but first, when it comes to anti-aging products, we do sure. need trials and we need companies that stand behind their word and they're not going to get bought out by a big right. corporation that's going to change the ingredients. And so anyway, I put all that on there too. So just DM me, send me a message. Or if you don't know how to DM, because I know some people say, I don't know, I'm not, just send a put a comment in any post of mine that says, clean <laughs> if I didn't get back to you fast enough, put in it's another coming. comment. I it's promise coming. I'll get it. <laughs> I love that. And your, your feed is amazing. There's such gold in there. And I don't know that a lot of people realize you did mention, but you know, you, you work with clients, you have 
amazing groups and retreats and opportunities for people to work with you directly. It's one of my favorite, you know, I think social media is a blessing and a curse for anybody, right? We can get dragged down and that's why we do a social media detox. You guys talk about toxins in your body. Anyone you're following that you get stressed out watching their feed because you don't think you're keeping up with them or you're doing well enough or you're just unfollow. Yep. Unfollow. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, what I love about it is I have been able to connect with so many women. First of all, every breast cancer survivor who's ever DM'd me. And by the way, if you're listening and for some reason I didn't get back to you, then somehow I missed it because I get back to literally every single person. Um, and it's probably because I'm not getting hundreds of thousands of them a day. If that ever happens, it might be a little more challenging. <laughs> but right now it's manageable. So, um, But I love that I've been able to connect, whether it's just answering a question or two here and there, or people who join me at one of my retreats. I lead one in Utah every year. I have one in Santa Monica every year. Uh, I just got back from Canyon Ranch where I was um, doing a wonderful, fun program there. So uh, I love doing these retreats. But then for those who want something more from me and more access to me on a regular basis, I have a private membership community because I really only take a couple of private clients on at a time. And so I wanted to be able to reach more people. So every week in my Your Healthiest Healthy community, it's a a, a live coaching session, a live guest expert, and either a live or pre-recorded workout that I teach. And, uh, And the guest experts have been phenomenal. I know I mentioned Dan Butner from the Blue Zones and we've had, you know, Joel, these names might mean something to your listeners and they might not mean anything, but uh, David Perlmutter uh, from the Green Brain, Dr. Neil Barnard from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Uh, We've had Joel Furman multiple times from, you know, Eat to Live. Um, So many really phenomenal phenomenal experts that come in, Dr. William Lee and Dr. Elizabeth Boehm. And anyway, the list goes on, but really great people. Will Bolsowitz, if you guys know, um, gut, gut, he's all about the gut health doctor. He's fantastic. So what's nice about it is that these experts come in and spend time. We do about a half hour together. And in real time, you have access to them to ask questions. And I'm asking questions the whole time. And, and then everything lives in a recording. So if you miss it, you know, you, you don't really actually miss it. Um, but I just, I love that. But for people who just want, you know, like, you know what, I don't want to invest in my health financially. I just want to kind of grab it when I can get it. I want to encourage you to invest in your health, whether it's with me or with Julie or with someone else, because investing in your health now is going to save you a lot of money and a longer life later. Yeah. But um, I offer free challenge groups like a five day hydration or eat the rainbow challenge. I'm doing a 21 day whole overhaul, whole health overhaul right now. So lots of fun opportunities uh, for that as well. So I, I love it. And I'm doing the TV thing, but really the health and wellness certified health coach life passion into purpose <laughs> is yeah. 90% of the time of my career now. Which is amazing. And and although everybody loves seeing you on TV as well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but really, just, just if you want to see her, like check out her feed. It's amazing. You give so much gold. And, and like you said, whether it's joining the free challenges, joining the group coaching, you know, the community, going to an amazing retreat. I know where some of your retreats are. They're some of my favorite resorts, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, or working one-on-one if you're that person that's like, no, I actually want her to 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 be my person, then I, I can't suggest and strongly enough you guys reach out. Thank you. Thank you. Well, right, it goes right back to you. And if people are listening and they're not working with you, they need to reach out to you and make sure they're following and getting everything. <laughs> well, thank you. As you said, find somebody, right? Whoever it is that resonates, 
but you know, our, our health is our greatest wealth. And so there is not necessarily time later to address it. So, so do it now. So here's the, before we go, Yes, <laughs> you've already given us so much, but what is one thing we can do today? If listeners can do just starting immediately to improve their health. Flip your plate. So what I mean by that is fill your plate at least half full of veggies at every meal, every meal. So that's one of the reasons I, love- I get that all the time. Right. And well, that's one of the reasons why I switched from having, you know, back when I ate 21 out of 21 meals a week of animal protein and my mm-hmm. breakfast was either yogurt or eggs. That's why, or, or, or gosh, sugar laden cereal that oh, I gosh, thought was I know. With, 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 I would use milk and whey protein in the milk to get extra protein. So I was getting extra milk and not, I don't even think any of it was even organic and it was definitely not grass fed. Um, but that's why I switched to having a smoothie every day. I can pack so many greens and chia and flax and all these plant-based things and matcha and the chlorella and the spirulina, all these things into it that I wouldn't necessarily eat throughout the day. But it is so packed with nutrient density that it curbed cravings it satiates me. It gives me the energy I need to keep going. And I don't get the brain fog. I don't get the low energy dips at three o'clock in the afternoon. I don't want to fall asleep at eight or o'clock at night when, well, my kids are going to bed later now, but when I was putting them. (laughs) And so it's really quite amazing. And I, and I've also vetted a lot of different protein powders. So if you want my picks on that, let me know, because I I think it's very, there's a lot on the market and it's very confusing. And there's a lot of junk and a lot of it is so bad. Read your labels, people. (laughs) Turn exactly. it around. <laughs> Step one. Yep. So yeah. one piece of advice. Amazing. Flip that point. Flip I that love point. it. I love it. Well, I already kept you over time. So I'm going to give you awesome. the rest of your day back. Thank I you. cannot thank you enough for everything that you shared and for taking the time to come on with us. I so appreciate the gold you've given us. Thank you, Julie. I really appreciate the opportunity to share and get to hopefully know some of your listeners um, over there on social media. For everyone listening, remember you can get the transcripts and show notes by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, Just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guests. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.